0: Family, can you believe we have 53 days, 8 hours, 52 minutes, and 56 seconds until the new year? Are you ready? Are you really ready? I know that this has been a trying year for everyone. However, it's still been a blessing. With the entire world moving in slow motion, it's given us the opportunity to learn a little bit more about ourselves Um, to definitely appreciate our families more and to make sure we make it a point to reach out to our loved ones near and far just to let them know how much they mean to us. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast entitled I'm My Sister's Keeper and as you already know I'm your host Carla so glad you dropped by. You could be anywhere in the world doing anything you wanted to be doing. However, you chose to hang out with us, and I so appreciate it. This evening, I'm extremely thankful to have a survivor slash soldier of domestic violence in the building. It's estimated that 35% of women worldwide have experienced physical abuse at the hands of their partner at some point in their relationship. In America, one in four women, which is 24.3%, age 18 and older, have been the victim of severe physical uh, violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Women ages 18 to 24 and 25 to 34 genuinely experience the the highest rate of intimate partner violence. Almost half of all women have experienced psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime, which is extremely alarming and sad. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together to welcome the founder of the podcast entitled Black Women of Detroit, Woohoo! a woman who saw a need in her community and decided to do something about it. Because of her determination and drive, she'll be providing 125 families with turkeys this Thanksgiving. She also intends on hosting a Christmas giveaway for a needy family in Detroit for the month of December. Going into the new year, my guest stated that she wants to be one of the point persons in our community that lends um, a hand to those in need. Once again, let's please put our hands together for an awesome community leader who doesn't stop until she gets the job done, who has her hands full as a full-time mom and a full-time wife, but still finds time to help others. I know we just recently met, but it doesn't matter because she's a sister. S-I-S-T-A, from Detroit, from the D. Um, I love her energy. I love her drive. And most importantly, I love and admire um, her will and determination to make a difference in someone's day. I'm so thankful that Detroit has her as one of their guardian angels. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome to the show, Monica. Are you there, Monica? Hi.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. I appreciate it. Now, before we get started, um, this is a, a really heavy topic. It's a dark topic. It's about domestic violence. And so I just wanted to say thank you uh, for wanting to share your story because I know that your story will help um, someone else who may be in the same situation Or perhaps even worse. Um, But I just wanted to bring you on um, so you can tell us a little bit about what happened. So I'm ready when you are.
1: All right. You are so welcome. And yes, that is true. There's always someone out here in the situation that I was in. Um, It did not start off that way. And normally they don't. Um, It comes to you. just like a light switch being turned on and off. Well, normally it's um,
0: bubblegum and butterflies. When you first meet someone it's yeah. bubblegum and butterflies or it's, balloons it's and confetti right right
1: right right. And
0: this person turns it's like
1: Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde totally honest and um, that is
0: what happens to me But I have so, a question as as for as you then, though. I'm sorry.
1: In love and then, you know, in this world and thought I had everything going my way and thought everything was the best thing in the world that could happen to me and I got caught up into domestic violence. I never thought I would be the one.
0: I have a question for you though. Um, Mm -hmm. When did you... Okay, so you you met this gentleman who became your husband. It was bubble gum and butterflies and confetti and balloons yeah. and all that other stuff. But when did you realize that something wasn't r- right? Walk us through. Walk us through that leading up to the point where you said, "Wait." Um,
1: when the cut off of the family, and then rising in the vehicle and not being able to look out the window being said that you're looking at another individual another male and you're not um that started to happen now when you s- bail for
0: me when you said cut off the family can you elaborate what does that mean were you not allowed to go when to family say, functions Sure.
1: Or- I'm gracious and when I say cut off the family, I mean cut off from mother, father, sister, brother. Um, no one was allowed over. No. You know, they had to call and check first with them. No. Um, and I wasn't allowed, you know, using the phone or anything. I had to make sure when I left from work. Uh, That's when next hill was was uh, available with the phone with a chirp. He would chirp me with my destination to see how far I had to get to the home. Um, I, he would call me on my job several times, have me paged over head if I was not at my desk. If I was not at my desk, he wanted to know where I was and why wasn't I getting my phone. Um, and I also got a call on my job, maybe yelling in the background. You need to come get this baby now you need to come get this baby now um i'm working i can't just drop what i'm doing and leave and just come and get the baby you know she's teasing you know she has just had to put in her ears and you know you have to soothe her you know walk around with her soothe her give her a bottle whatever no you come and get this baby now I had to immediately call the family member over, my biological sister, to go and get the baby until so I got off work to be able to take care of her until I got there to make sure she was safe. Because I did not know at that point in time what would happen. I could not have friends, that was cut off. Um, friends stopped coming over. I was only allowed, allowed around his family. That was it. And when he did physically abuse me, um, they knew about it, and to them it was nothing because his aunt would get abused by his uncle. So it was it was nothing to them. It was just as ordinary as you putting on your socks every day. it it was horrifying I never thought that I would be in a situation where I would have to fear for my life just to be able to open my eyes every day I didn't know what to expect and it got to the point where it wasn't safe for me to leave my other son from my previous marriage around him I had to make sure oh, both children were in daycare because he didn't want to be tolerated. So just for their safety, had to make sure they were both in daycare all the time. He could do come and go as he pleased. He he get home, he check the phone, see if it's warm. Who you been talking to? Did you did you? Did you delete the numbers? going on, you know, but this phone is not, hello, it's a cordless phone, they say high because the battery is always charging, always blamed for something, if nothing went right with him in his street work or whatever you want to call what he was doing, yes, I'm not going to sit here and make it pretty, like it was all pretty, yes, he was a street hustler, so yes, if things didn't go right in the street. When he got home, he took it out on me. It was my fault.
0: When he first put his hands on you, what did that look like? What happened?
1: I had never in my entire life had a black eye. Now I remember it was my left eye because my left eye is still. Never really, um, the pigmentation and it has never really went back to the normal. Wow. And... When he hit me, it just blew me away. I I couldn't believe it was happening. And I was like, that's it. You have to go. You know, this is it. This is what I'm telling him. I'm thinking this is what's going to happen. He said, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm calling your sister. You got to go. You got to get out of here. I called her. She was like, okay, what do you want me to do? Hmm. And I was like, hey. You got to go. You have to go. You have to leave. Please come back bearing gifts and flowers as if nothing happened. I'm sorry, it never happen again. da 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 And in between this time, I missed some time from work. I took it. Like the soldier. Like, okay, it's not going to happen again. Ended up pregnant. was the worst thing in the world after having her then it just continued to get worse just worse and worse and worse i could not do anything i could barely get to work if they had any functions after work i could not be there he would come he would get me pull me out of there and uh make me leave if i caused any type of problems he would beat on me right there Wow. So I didn't have any type of way um, of getting away or doing anything at all. No one knew, kept it from family. Family, I think, kind of figured it out. But I, I left three times before I finally left and said that was it. When he hit me that final time, it hit me so hard that my contact dislodged. Wow. That let me know, okay. I'm going to die in here. It's going to either be me, my kids, or something's going to happen. I immediately, I was studying for, I mean, my real estate exam, and I didn't want to cook breakfast. I I never do. I still don't. I don't like to cook breakfast because I don't eat breakfast. And that's how that argument started. So since I didn't want to, he got attitude and walked up on me i'm trying to study i'm like i'm trying to get ready for this real estate exam hit me so hard that contact flew out i said okay this is it i just shut the books up you know he's going in there like he's cooking i didn't say a single word i went grabbed my daughter grabbed my son he's going back to the bathroom. i went around the other way of the kitchen grabbed my purse and keys, went out that door and just threw the kids in the car. Didn't even bother putting in that car seats or anything just threw them in the car. Now mind you, I just bought a house and thought it just been put down so I couldn't drive ahead to get across the grass to get out. His car was right behind me so I couldn't do anything. So he came out with a pot and he told me I didn't get my ass back in there. He was going to beat my brain then. Mm-hmm. So I knew then I had to make a decision. I put the car in reverse. I backed that Grand Prix all the way back up a Chevy Malibu. Backed that Grand Prix all the way back up over this neighbor's mailbox mm-hmm. and got out of there. That was the grace of God by moving that car that was parked, okay? And I started hurt mm-hmm. and pushed it all the way back wow. and got out I left with nothing but clothes on my back never looked back never looked back went on kept saying oh we can go to counseling I'll change I'll do this and that I showed up the counseling one day and thought about it why are you here something was like he's not gonna change why are you coming to counseling I turned right on out as he was coming in and left. Called me, Why, Where where are you going? I thought we were going to council. I said, You're not gonna change, just going to council just another giving to get me back in so you can do what you wanna do. I didn't fall for it. It didn't take until my husband now when I was pregnant with our son in order for him to bow down and recognize my husband kept telling me now he, he's no man he, you know if he was a real man he wouldn't be putting his hands on you mm-hmm. and he kept saying I'm gonna beat your ass Da-da-da-da-da. I'm gonna beat your ass mm-hmm. I'm telling you that's what I'm I see say I'm gonna beat your ass you think I'm playing with you Da-da-da-da-da. he kept on kept on and you know my husband was respectful he let me handle everything that I could But that threat, that last one, I don't think he knew he was messing with a true East Sider.
0: (laughs) East Sider, Detroit. All right now.
1: All right now. And he pulled that (laughs) card. When he pulled that card, he gonna tell my husband, he don't want to see me. He said, oh, yes, motherfucker, I want to see you. I want to see you today. He sure is. Told him I want to see you today. And he is so scared by the time we get back to the house, my husband's house, get back there and everything. I'm pregnant, sitting there, he making calls, and I'm saying to myself, this is getting ready to go down. This is getting ready to go down. Mm-hmm. See? Told him he, he would like how much people. I'm not trying to have no problems but I'm not trying to have no problems. about Her I apologize. You know, I take it, you, you know, I drop my daughter off at her dad's house so y'all can pick her up from here. What? Ooh. You want us to drive way up there to pick her up from my dad's house? Are you serious? Now, my dad lives. And Rochester Hill, at that not. You want our location pickup is right at the date here in Southview. We stay in Detroit. Uh-huh. You want us to drive way out of our way because you were scared to meet my husband uh-huh. to see what he had for you. Since that day, I have n- had not no problems. No fear, no problems, no nothing. But he took me through a lot. He took me door by, even had a home broken into while I was there with my two children. Three men break in on me. One at the door, watch out. One taking my son to put him in his bed and put the cover over his head. The other one tying me up, tying me down. I'm on the phone with my mother and on the phone with my brother. So it was clicking back and forth because he don't call hoes. So cooking back and forth on call hoes, waiting and anticipating what's going to happen to me. And I couldn't understand why he had brought me and a gun. He went on. These people went on and ramshacked my house, okay, tied me up with my baby three seasons later. My baby was sitting there on the couch at that time. They took all my jewelry, all my earrings, everything, diamonds, everything off, watches, everything, okay? Then once the lookout men said, hey, y'all need to come on, you take it too long." They took my phone, my wallet, out my purse, and then they leave. But what they left behind is what they left with the evidence. I'm not supposed to be here. They left the theme where you take and you strangle someone from behind and mm-hmm. their neck. That's what they were supposed to do, but didn't get to. I had a half a million dollar life insurance policy on me. Mm-hmm. And if they would have did that, he would have got it. Yep. He would have got it. All the time once I identify. Two of the guys, the detective, called me in, and, it, and he told me to come by myself. He was at work. I go in. He showed me his rap sheet. Rap sheet over a mile long. Find out that it was a drug that went bad. The drug dealer was still in the house. They took his shoes and everything to make it look like a robbery, but they didn't touch that me and it didn't happen that was by the grace of god
0: where did you meet him where did you meet him how did the encounter happen
1: at, and this is weird at, at a uh, car wash waiting to get my car details and asked Kyle oh, was my name or whatever and I was like hi you know I was like really nonchalant with him because he really wasn't my type I'm just like hi right, how are you doing you know Monica is fine well you look nice well you have plans for this evening. and I'm like oh me and my girls are going out I'm gonna go, go to the mall you know after this and go find me something to wear you know and well will connect come with you and I'm like yeah, I don't know you. you want to come in excuse my language but I was just like is exactly what I was I was like oh you need to be a kidnapper um, Right. you know a wolf and sheep's clothing and that's what he turned out to be and I was like um I'm going there to buy something he was like I'll buy it for you and I was like um thought about it for a minute and I was like no, nah, I'm good cause I work every day I don't have no problem buying my own stuff. Plus, I don't know. So, I give you calls sometimes, get the number, call and everything. first few days were cool and everything. And I'm like, oh, it may work out. Found myself in a situation with my home. Thought was going into foreclosure, could get any family to help me or anything. And he just cashed out money, boom, set it out, pay And that's, I think what kind of like got me in, I was mm-hmm. it was the wrong women at that time. She was like, girl, get that money. Girl, get that right, money. Right, right. And I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, shit, fuck it. I'm going to do it. You know, you saying get that money, I'm going to get it. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right, right, right. I was like, went down that wrong path. You know, listening to the wrong ones. And she's not in my life anymore. Haven't heard or seen from her. You know, and that's amazing because I'm saying to myself, you are all gone home with me going with this. But when things started to come down and we started beating on me, you couldn't be nowhere to be found. I had to depend on a lady at my job. She said I would come in mad and angry, throwing stuff around. Who in the hell would put this on my desk? I didn't even get into work, you know, I would get into work early just to get away. I ain't even got in here good. They got shit on my desk all the time. And she said something just told me that you needed somebody to talk to. She was like, Girl, why you be coming in here mad all the time? And I ended up confiding in her. And she ended up being my scapegoat. my go to person that he didn't know know about to be able to get away. That was the only thing that saved me. I, it was nothing. I, I had to literally just, like, leave. And I remember ending up living in my husband's house, right off the side of my house, you know, in the one-bedroom with my two kids in the bed, just to stay away from him because he wouldn't come to these guys. I, I had to. I had to because I, I, I knew he would kill me if I did not. I just knew
0: it I knew he would kill me for the listeners for the listeners um, that may be in a domestic violence situation uh, what suggestions do you give them uh, in regards to getting the hell out of a situation like that
1: my suggestion is tread lightly and do it when that individual is not around you have to plot, plan and slay and what I mean by that you have to get your ducks in a row and you have to be prepared I wasn't prepared I just left out and started all over but you need to have some type of plan I mean that that um, Some relatives are good, some are not, because some relatives will turn your back on you and go back. But I say have a plan together where you can escape and you don't have to look back. That means leaving that cell phone where he can track you at, not contacting families for a certain period of time, waiting to get that PPO to go into effect, because the PPO really does not help really does not help because if they want you they can get you but you need to find a safe haven you really do you have to find a safe haven and once you do you need to make that settle you need to make sure you get everything and keep yourself safe because if not they can find you if they got that money they can do that I say if you can leave the state I say leave the state got those families that can help and you know they gonna be there for you and not let them come and do anything to you do that but if you're going to do that and make that move you have to make that move and make sure you're not going to go back because if you're going to go back it's no it's no guarantee for your safety it's no guarantee for your safety at all none at all none at all it's sad, but it's none. It's no. It's no safety at all. You have to. You have to plan, and you have to leave when they're not. When they are not there, so don't. Don't take it lightly. You know, don't take it as a joke. You know, you make that move if you feel it's time to make that move. Go. I don't care if it's with nothing, like I did. Get out and go. Get on and
0: go. Run as you can. I have a few Not phone working. numbers um, that folks can reach out to. One is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, the line is open 24 7. The number is 1 800 799 7233 then there's a number uh for new jersey um also there's a resource that is open 24 hours seven days a week the number is 1-800-572-7233 and there's a number for new york the number is 1-800-664-5880 and that line as well um someone is available 24 hours a day um Folks can also utilize Google type in domestic violence and there's tons of resources that people can reach out or tons of resources that folks can utilize, uh, to get help if they are in a domestic violence situation. Oh my God, Monica, thank you so, so much for sharing your story. Um, we appreciate your will to survive. Really, um, and we're Thank thankful you. we're thankful that you decided to leave with your babies and your handbag and your clothes on your back because um, uh your situation was extremely serious. Serious, but domestic violence is not a joke. It's not a game and it's extremely unfortunate. So once again, if anyone is in that situation, please reach out to, uh, one of the domestic violence numbers I gave you. And if you're not in New Jersey, you're not in New York, the, um, national domestic violence hotline number. Once again, is 1-800-799-7233. Someone is available, um, seven days a week. Um, so please, yes, please, reach you, yeah, utilize please those numbers um, if you need to. Monica, I thank you. It was a pleasure having you on the show and I look forward to speaking to you soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Kisses.
1: Bye. Bye bye.